You're listening to The Garrett Ashley Mullet Show on Anchor FM. I'm Garrett Ashley Mullet, and I want to talk about everything. Hello, and welcome to The Garrett Ashley Mullet Show. This is Saturday, January 23rd, 2021, that I'm recording this, and this episode is going to be a bit shorter, actually, even still than uh, my most recent episodes where we've had, uh, on average, about a 34-minute uh, length for the episodes. This season, since the beginning of the year, I have shortened things up quite a bit. I started shortening episodes up back in December, I believe it was, and uh, so far I'm liking that. I think it's working well. This one's going to be shorter still because I am pressed for time this morning. It is a Saturday morning, and my two older boys and I are planned and slated to go and help out the Rogers family as they are moving from their current house to a new house that they just bought. And I don't think it's going to be a very far move. We're going to take our pickup truck and probably load it up to the hilt with books. They have a lot of books. They're a reading family. They're a homeschooling family. It is Kale and Virginia Rogers that we have the privilege of serving today. And I'm really looking forward to it. I think it's going to be some exercise. It's going to be an opportunity to serve. It's a good thing. It's a positive thing and uh, a beneficial thing. I think it'll be beneficial for them. It'll be beneficial for us. And so excited about that. But what I want to do this morning is a little bit of brain dump, just trying to unload some things, organize some things. If uh, that is a help to you along the way, then uh, I am glad for it. But uh, just thinking out loud a little bit, trying not to bottle things up inside too, too much, trying not to stuff and blow, trying not to let the ideas be disconnected and chaotic. Uh, any more than is absolutely necessary for any longer than is absolutely necessary. But a couple of things towards the end of this week, in no particular order, including but not limited to social media. And I'm interested to hear what you guys as listeners think of this topic. How do you approach social media? What is your attitude towards social media? I find that uh, I... As I have said in you know episodes in the past month or two, I find myself feeling like I'm detoxing. I think I mentioned that uh, you know maybe in the past um, half dozen to a dozen episodes that I had deleted my Facebook, I deleted my Twitter. I keep having people that I know reference something that they saw on Facebook or something that they saw on Twitter, and as those two social media platforms disappear further and further into my rearview mirror for me personally, and people still on those platforms reference what they're seeing or what's going on on them, I find myself continually glad and uh, and gladder that I've gotten off of those platforms. And I'm on MeWe, and uh, I think I told you guys that uh, I was going to get on MeWe, I was going to try that out, see if I can do that instead. I've got close to 60 contacts that uh, I know that moved over from those other platforms to MeWe, and uh, I'm glad to see them there. Hardly any of them post anything. They're just on there, and uh, I feel like it's a little bit of a bookmark for them, like it's a placeholder checking out uh, what there is and if it's viable, but they're not really interacting. They might be looking. They might be 
seeing what other people are posting, but they're not posting. And the more that that's the case, that you have people that are just casual, passive observers and they're not interacting, uh, the more it'll be the case that uh, that platform is just not you know, going to be a draw for people. They're going to come, they're going to check it out, and then they're going to go right back to Facebook or they'll just get off of social media entirely. And uh, one person that I'm close with, I think, did that last night. I got a message from him saying, hey, what do you think about, um, you know, I'm paraphrasing very um, strongly here, but, you know, what it basically was, was, what do you think about my getting off of social media entirely? And I was busy. I was taking my wife out for dinner. And then we had neighbors over uh, that were watching our kids while we went out on a date. We trade date nights back and forth. We watch their kids. They watch our kids. Uh, it works out really nice. But, uh, you know, I, I didn't respond last night because we were busy. We went out for dinner, had a nice time, came back. And uh, then we were visiting with our neighbors. And then when they left, it was time to get kids to bed. And then my wife and I are just spending some time together because we had a date night. And, uh, you know, it's nice, right? So didn't respond until this morning. And then when I went to check and see this uh, person that I'm close with, you know, to respond, um, you know, I found to my chagrin and to some disappointment that uh, they were no longer on MeWe. They were a contact on MeWe and they are no longer. So it would appear that they deleted their MeWe account. Uh, it would appear, because my wife is still on Facebook, that they deleted their Facebook account, and they're just going to get off of social media entirely. There's another friend of mine that uh, I remember contacting or messaging back and forth with before I got off of Facebook entirely officially. And I told him I was moving over to MeWe, and I was going to get off of Facebook. And I asked um, if he planned on you know, moving over to MeWe as well, because he said, yeah, he's not going to be on Facebook all that much longer himself. And he says, no, I'll probably just be done with social media once I get off of Facebook. I'm probably not going to go and start over somewhere else. I'll just say, that's it. I quit. And we'll see. You know, look to the end. Uh, years may pass and they might find that uh, there is a value there. There is a benefit to getting back on social media in some form or fashion. Or it might just be that things being as they are and big tech flexing and showing that it can delete an entire social media platform that seemed like it was a, a refuge. Uh, you know, the scorched earth policy towards conservative speech on the internet, you know, it might just send all conservatives back into IRL in real life, where they're investing in the people that they know personally. They might approach their uh, relationships once again in the face-to-face. -face. They might get plugged back into church. They might get more invested in their uh, friendships with local people and making friends and, and building those friendships up. And who's to say that that is not for the best, right? Uh, even the wise do not know all ends, as Gandalf says to Frodo in Fellowship of the Ring, which we recently watched. Even the wise do not know all ends. So it could be, conceivably, depending on how we play it, a very positive thing for us to get off of these social media platforms and, and to really second guess what kind of a return on investment they provide. Now, I personally will argue that social media in some form or fashion is a good thing if we use it properly and we should try to use it properly. And for a example of the counter argument, I would highlight 
Neil Postman's Amusing Ourselves to Death. It was a book he wrote and published back in the 1980s, and it primarily had to do with his concerns with pop culture and the kind of culture that was being created in America and in Western civilization around television and movies and the 24-hour news cycle. Everything is news. Everything is exciting. Everything is catastrophic. Everything is fantastic. Everything is hyperbolic. And when everything is hyperbolic and it's all coming to you from a smaller and smaller number of outlets, that has the effect of making everyone very superficial, very flighty, giving the impression that we are all informed when we're really not that intentional, we're not that thoughtful about our lives, we're not thinking of these news stories in terms that are practical. We're thinking of these news stories as far and away and removed and cheap. It's a, it's a kind of cheapening of culture. And I've wondered to myself as I read Neil Postman's Amusing Ourselves to Death, what he would make of the internet age when you have social media, you have all of these different outlets online which provide even more opportunity for the 24-hour news cycle dynamic to be pervasive. They provide even more opportunity for superficiality that veils itself in the illusion of being informed. We're all informed because we've got Wikipedia on our phone. Do we ever use it to look up information that is practical? Maybe, but probably not very often. Are we using Google or is Google using us? Are we using Facebook or is Facebook using us? Are we using YouTube or is YouTube using us? Who's programming who and who is really the product? What is the product? Well, it turns out with these big social media networks, we are the product. We are what is being sold. We are the business model. Our private data, our metadata, which is constantly being tracked and aggregated and fed into computers to churn out ways to sell things to us and to sell us on ideas that may or may not be in our best interest. And so there's a certain sense in which everybody collectively taking a step back, reevaluating, what am I doing? Is this good? Is it beneficial? Does it honor God? Is this righteous? Is it wise? Is it beneficial? All things are permissible, but not all things are beneficial. I actually think that in general, that is a very positive development. And what I want to caution my listeners against is presuming that doing something different will somehow mean that we are doing something better. That is the illusion of progressivism. And we need to recognize that even as conservatives, just because something is different and new and fresh does not mean that it is better. It might just be a different kind of bad. It might not be better. It might just be different. So as we are considering how we invest our time, what we watch, what we read, what we listen to, who we are tuning into, it behooves us to be Bereans about these things. And it behooves us to pray and ask God for wisdom to help us to see the right of it. Now, 
I'll just give you a quick rundown of my day because I keep really close tabs now as of the beginning January of uh, 2020. I started keeping really close tabs on my personal life. I had been doing that for years and years and years with my work life, keeping track of when I get to certain sites, what I do while I'm there, when I leave, how long it takes me to get home, if people call me, if I call them back, what we talk about, what I hear. I keep really close tabs on that from a work standpoint so that my memory doesn't have to be so great. I don't have to have all these things rattling around in my head. As of the beginning of 2020, I started doing that with my personal life and keeping tabs on developments with my wife, my children. I had a certain color of pen that I used for things with regards to my wife or my daughter. I used pink. For my sons, I used a light blue color ink. For people outside of our home, whether it was extended family or it was friends or potential friends, I used a dark blue color. Uh, for things pertaining to my wife's and my relationship, if it was a date night or you know conversation that we had that was meaningful, I used a purple color because I thought that would be you know kind of a mix of blue and pink a little bit. For conflict, I used red. For money and financial things or for career things, I used green. Uh, for things that were more personal, like what books I was reading and finishing or if I was doing things with podcasting or writing or whatever, I used black and so on and so forth. So I, I did this in my personal life. And this week, I find that I am writing a lot of things down that have to do with social life, that have to do with people calling and me interacting with them. I'm writing down a lot of things that have to do with my wife and how she's doing. For a lot of things, it's what are my kids doing? What are my boys doing? Am I keeping tabs on them? Am I monitoring the situation? Am I keeping track of when I make little adjustments, like at work, right? At, at work, I make an adjustment, I take note of it, and then I just monitor. I monitor to see, was that a positive adjustment or was it a negative adjustment or was it neutral? Did it make no real difference? In which case, I'm not going to put any confidence that those kind of adjustments in the future are a benefit. They're maybe a waste of time or maybe I'm looking in the wrong place. There's an opportunity cost. I should have maybe adjusted something else and then I Try that, right? And I keep keep tabs and let's follow up. Let's go back and see when did I make this change? Was it positive? Was it beneficial, right? All things are permissible, but not all things are beneficial. So am I being mindful? Am I being diligent? Am I taking note of what is important? And am I prioritizing? That's one of the things that I noticed when I started this in the beginning of 2020 is at a glance, even without looking at the details, just using the color coding, I could see at a glance if in a certain day, week, month, we had a lot of socializing, we had a lot of interaction with people outside of our family. And then I could start to ponder and wonder and speculate how much of our investing in people outside of our home is actually pulling attention away from people inside of our home, our relationships with one another. Are we investing enough in my relationship with my wife, with my daughter, with my sons? Am I investing enough time and attention into my career? Am I investing enough time and attention into our finances? Am I investing enough time and attention into writing and podcasting? Am I investing too much? All that, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. 
But this week, I note that we've got a lot of things written down. I've got a lot of things written down where I was investing my time and attention that are green. So we bought a lamb from uh, Dan and Hannah Konzik, and uh, that went to butcher, and we should be getting that next week. And I did some things with work, and I talked with some various people and made some improvements, and I feel like that was good. It was special if it was out of the ordinary I want to take note of that, and so I did. I uh, had a little bit of red in here from disagreements that I had, and then I can look at that and I can see, okay, when did I have that disagreement? Am I okay at the end of the week looking back? Am I okay with the way that I handled that? Or can I see ripple effects, You know, negative effects that indicate I didn't resolve that, there was not restoration, or it caused other problems because I handled it poorly, or did I handle it properly, right? It was a conflict that needed to be happen. It needed to be uh, engaged in. And now that it's resolved, I see a benefit. Do I see this is connected to that? This is point A, that is point B. I can draw a clear, definite line between the two. I can see that I had phone calls with certain people and that that was a positive thing. And this is how I invested in them or they helped me. And I can remember that and come back to it and follow up with it if I need to. You know, all of those things. I see that. I see a lot of green. I see a lot of light blue. I see a lot of dark blue. And I can see how throughout the week, did I invest in those different spheres, those different areas of responsibility? Did I invest in them evenly throughout the week? Or did I invest a lot in one category on this day and then not again for the rest of the week? And so I think all of this comes back to the question of social media in terms of last year. One of the things, one of the big things that I noticed is that conflict on Facebook cropped up again and again. And one of the interesting things that I note with everybody that's come over to me with these 60 contacts that I have on there is I don't see a lot of engagement on ideas that is disagreeable. I don't see a lot of people getting in fights and debates and arguments. It's like, I think the people that have gotten off Facebook because it was so contentious, they don't want to have that start up again on MeWe. They want a fresh start. They want a fresh turning of the page. And some of them are wondering, you know, why even post anything if it potentially could turn into that? I don't want to be disappointed again. I don't want to get burned again. They're maybe a little bit cynical. They're a little bit gun shy. They're a little bit once bitten, twice shy as they approach this new platform. And I think a number of them are just thinking, you know what, why even bother? Like, is this a positive influence in my life? Does this help me to be a better husband, a better wife, a better husband, uh, a better father, a better uh, friend? Does it help me to be a better son, a better brother, a better co-worker, a better employee, a better brother in Christ? Does it help me to be these things, a better man? Does it help me to be a better servant of the Most High? Does it help me towards those ends? Or is it pulling me away from areas where I could be more faithful, I could be more productive, I could be of more good? And then also to the flip side, and this is the other piece of it, is am I running a risk in engaging on any of these platforms that could, at the flip of a switch or the exchange of some money and the signing of some papers, be in the hands of some crazy leftists 
who are going to use anything and everything I say against me in a court of law or in a court of public opinion, and they'll use these things to try and destroy my life. I think that's a valid concern and that we should take note of that. You know, the wise, the prudent, according to Proverbs, see trouble coming and they hide themselves. But the foolish, the simple, could just carry on and they suffer for it. They carry on as if there is no difference. And sometimes the simple, the foolish, they don't want to be bothered because they're too busy amusing themselves to death, as Neil Postman put it in his title for the book that I mentioned earlier. And sometimes the simple are afraid to analyze things too closely because it might require them to act differently. They don't want to sacrifice. They don't want to be brave. They don't want to stand up. They don't want to be counted. They don't want to be suffering. They don't want to pay a cost. And they don't realize that there is a cost to refusing to assess and analyze these things. And honestly, the cost is far higher if you bury your talents in the field, if you bury your investment from the master in a field rather than putting it to work, gaining interest, at least put it in the bank to where it could be gaining some interest. But all the better if you start a business with it and you get to work and you start buying things that have value that are going to increase in value. When the market is low, that's when you buy in. You buy low and you sell high. That is the number one rule of investment, as far as I know, in my far from expert opinion. That is what I know. You buy low and you sell high. And so right now is a good time to buy low. And what could just be is that people are better served in getting away from the programming, even if the programming is very good right now, it can quickly change. It can change as the guy that owns that social media giant website or the next social media up and coming uh, market disruptor, uh, you know, as he has a change of heart, as somebody close to him suffers or manipulates him or bribes him or whatever, he has a change of heart. And then all of a sudden that's a lot of time and attention down the drain as well. But we need to be careful. We need to be careful that we're not withdrawing entirely from every area out of despair, that we're not being cowards. You know, what is it that the scriptures say that the wicked flee when no one pursues, but the righteous are bold as a lion. And so we don't want to be running scared like little rabbits taking for uh, a bush when it was nothing, right? We don't want to get so skittish that we bury our talents in a field. We might need to count the cost, but we have to recognize there will be a cost to pay if we don't invest in any form or fashion. And that realization, that knowledge should push us to invest wisely, but it should not push us to invest not at all. We have to invest somehow, some way, and we might be investing in different ways, right? That might be the way that it goes is that some people are getting in social media in a different way. Maybe they're staying on these other platforms and that's God's will. And maybe they're moving to a new platform and that's God's will. And maybe they're getting off of all of the social media and they're investing in the people in their own home or in their own community, their own neighborhood. And maybe that's God's will. And so I think whichever of those scenarios you're in, I would encourage you to not be acting out of fear. Be prudent. Fear God. Don't fear man. 
who can only kill the body and then has nothing more that he can do to you. And I want to say one last little thing before I go, because I do need to leave here shortly. I'm supposed to be taking off with my boys here in 10 minutes. And so I need to scarf down some food and then be on our way. But be above reproach. That is going to be critically important in the days ahead. When cancel culture comes for you, if you dare to stand up to it and you need to, and we need to, when cancel culture comes for you, because inevitably it will, when somebody's jealous of your job, somebody's jealous of your spouse, somebody's jealous of your children, somebody's jealous of your business success, somebody's jealous of whatever trait that you have that they are lacking, when cancel culture comes for you, you want to have a good conscience and you want to be able to stand firm instead of being shaken by the riot the mob, the angry mob with its torches and pitchforks when it comes for you. And if you dare to be above reproach, if you dare to invest yourself in being blameless before God and man, they are the ones who will be put to shame, not you. You will have a good conscience before God. God will be pleased with that. Whether it's publicly or it's privately, conduct yourself in a blameless way by God's grace, we will endure, we will overcome, we will get through this. We might need to batten down the hatches because the storm is here, but the storm will pass at a certain point. The pendulum will swing at a certain point, and we need to be ready. We need to be mindful of what comes next after this because it will be ugly. I mark my words, it will be ugly for a time. Maybe it won't be as bad as I'm thinking. That would be nice. Maybe it'll be better than we're all thinking. And it'll be like one of those overhyped storm of the centuries that the Weather Channel tells us about from time to time. And then they just fizzle. And it's like, that? Really? Like, was this just a marketing ploy that you wanted us all to tune in and click to your website? And it was fine. And you just freaked us out to get us distracted from something else or to make money off of advertising. I don't know. If that ends up being the case, so be it. God be praised. God only knows what his plans are in the particulars for this season. But let us set our sights, fix our sights on him. Let us fix our sights on Christ and his example. Let's try and be like little Christs. That's what a Christian is, is a little Christ. It was a pejorative initially. It was a mocking term. But eventually Christians embraced it. They said, oh, that's not an insult. That's a compliment. If we are little Christs, then we're doing it right. We're succeeding. That was the goal. So be little Christs in your context, whether that's online or offline, whether that's on social media or that's completely pulling the plug on social media. Let's pray for greater faithfulness on our part. Let's work together to encourage and build one another up in that, looking for every opportunity to do good. And let's consider not just what's permissible, let's consider what is beneficial and take stock of that. Anyway, that's all I got. I got to run. Thanks for listening. Hope you have a great day. Have a great weekend. Until next time, God bless. You've been listening to The Garrett Ashley Mullet Show on Anchor FM. For more content like what you heard today, visit the homepage for On The Rocks blog at onthe.rocks. Also, check out On The Rocks blog podcast with Micah Hirschberger, weekly on Anchor FM. If you haven't yet done so, hit subscribe to this podcast also. And you can reach Garrett Ashley Mullet with any comments, questions, or complaints at garrettmullet at gmail.com.
Hello, this is Garrett Ashley Mullet, host of the Garrett Ashley Mullet Show on Anchor FM, and also chief editor and writer at On the Rocks blog since 2015. I have just published my first book. It is available on paperback and Kindle from Amazon.com right now. Are you thinking about homeschooling? Is someone you know considering it? No shortage of books will help you figure out how to do it. This is a book about why you should. Written from the perspective of a homeschooling father of seven who was himself homeschooled growing up, this is an encouragement to fathers and mothers to think rightly about their children's education. What our children believe about God, themselves, one another, and the universe, these are all features of their education, and the worldview our children develop is downstream of the sort of education they receive. And this is why we homeschool. Maybe you are a parent of homeschooling children and you could use some encouragement. Perhaps your local school shut down and now remote learning or homeschooling has been forced on you. Now you could use some help finding motivation to make the best of it. Or maybe you have a friend or family member considering homeschooling their children. Rather than starting you off with another home education how-to, let us start with why we homeschool. And as we figure out the reasons we should do this thing, the way to do it will be made far easier. Just go right on over to Amazon.com and type in, and this is why we homeschool in the search results. It'll come right up. Order your copy today.